Grand Canyon, where hidden forces shape our ideas, beliefs, and experiences. And experiences. Join us as we uncover the stories between the canyon's colorful walls. Probe the depths and add your voice. Add your voice for what happens, what happens next. next at Grand Canyon. At Grand Canyon. Welcome. Okay. This is Jessica. Right? This is Emily. And this is and this. this is behind the scenery. Uh, my name is Bob Durr. My wife Lori here. Um, we're volunteers here for Grand Canyon National Park. Uh, we perform fire, structural fire. I do, and then we both do EMS and search and rescue, and a variety of other things. Whatever is usually asked of us up here in the North Rim. My name is Kate, and you're listening to an episode of Behind the Scenery Canyon Cuts. How long have you been volunteering with the National Park Service? This is year six. And before you started volunteering with the National Park Service, did you perceive it differently? And how has that perhaps changed for you? Well, I don't know if we had a really perception of what it was. Um, you know, we were getting ready to retire. Lori had already retired. I was getting ready to, and it's you know, people had talked about, uh, hey, you can volunteer for the Park Service and uh, do different duties. We researched on uh, volunteer.gov mm-hmm. and uh, just started researching what positions there were available. And then we decided, well, let's uh, you know pick a park to start with. So we decided Grand Canyon. The chief asked about coming over here to the North Rim as a structural firefighter, being a paramedic, which I am. And uh, it just escalated sort of from there. Yeah. Can you give a brief background on your like professional history before retirement? Well, for Lori, she was a administrative assistant in a uh, Catholic school. And uh, my history is um, I started in the fire service in 1971. You know, I'm a retired battalion chief out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, been a paramedic for since the 80s. I flew eight years as a flight medic. Was in charge of a regional urban search and rescue team in South Carolina. So, uh, you know, background in emergency services, I have a pretty decent background. What was your first Grand Canyon experience? Geez, our first experience, we brought our kids here. I guess it was back in the mid-90s. We were doing a cross-country trip and uh, brought the, we have four kids. So we brought the kids here to the South Rim, came back again. It was about 2013. We were heading out to California for a wedding and stopped at South Rim again with my sister and her husband. When you were looking at different volunteer opportunities, was Grand Canyon kind of at the high of the list or was it just something you fell into? No, it, after we talked about, you know, what park do we want to start with? Because our plan was to go to different parks each year. But Grand Canyon was on the top, was, was the number one to, to start selecting. And then what brought you back here over and over again? I think the big thing is that just we love the North Rim. I mean, the community we have here with the, the with the rangers and that we work with, um, you know, the people from Forever Resorts we work I mean, everybody we work with up here, it's it's like a small community uh, that's pretty tight-knit. You know, if somebody needs something, somebody was there to help you. You know, so I think that's it. The uh, the environment itself, the weather on the North Rim, the the beauty of the North Rim is, is one of the big things, you know, that we like. Uh, we kind of like the the isolation, you know, away from, you know, the crowds. I mean, the city that we, we used to live in, we get 14, 15 million uh, tourists to visit there. So being up here was just, was awesome. 
a lot of people might not realize that the Northrum is a pretty seasonal operation, mm -hmm. um, yes. and we get a ton of snow up here. So what do you do in your winters? Well, um, the past three years, usually January and February, um, we'll go to the Big Island of Hawaii and volunteer at Hawaii Volcanoes. We do interp there. And one of the reasons we go back to Hawaii is uh, Lori is from the islands. So we get an opportunity to stay with family and visit family and continue our um, you know, service to the parks by volunteering at the volcano. Being able to spend so much time returning to the same place that a lot of people might only be able to visit once, how has that changed your view of Grand Canyon over time? I don't know how much it's changed my view. When we were you know, tourists visiting the South Rim was, oh, wow, it's a pretty amazing place. Mm -hmm. uh, but once we started volunteering up here in the North Rim, we really got to see Grand Canyon. I mean, not just driving by and looking at Grand Canyon, but to, to go out to a lot of different places that most people do not get to go to or when we're out on patrol and really seeing, and even it's still, it's only a small portion of Grand Canyon that we get to see. Uh, this year we started kayaking, so we got to kayak up by a horseshoe bend and down the Colorado River. So now we're getting another perspective of Grand Canyon. Uh, about the second year I was here, my oldest daughter and myself and a couple other friends hiked the rim to rim in a couple days. And being down in the canyon really changes your perspective that uh, you really, really get to see what this beautiful place is. Yeah. So before you had mentioned that uh, the community is one of the driving forces that brings you back every year, with the community also being made of so many seasonal workers who often move from one park to another and you don't necessarily have a lot of longevity of people who stick around, how has that impacted your life? Having the permanence, again, that community's there, and even with the seasonals coming in, you know, they're, they're seeing what the people that are here all the time have to offer. Mm -hmm. So we get to meet a lot of, you know, new people. Uh, mostly a lot of young people, you know, that are coming in seasonal in the park service and uh, get to meet them and learn where they're from and, uh, you know, some of the things that they think about. And what are you most proud of about being on the North Rim? The thing we're the most proud of is that we don't hesitate to help. I mean, it, whether it be a medical call, a fire call, or we're on a search and rescue, or somebody locks their keys in a car and we go break into the car and get their keys. So I think it's service. I think that's what it comes down to. Our entire lives have been, been service at some point, you know, doing, uh, you know, with Lori working in the school and me doing emergency services in wherever we live. So it's, it's giving back is what it's all about. Are there any particularly funny stories or interesting stories that you want to share? Some of the things when you, when you start talking to people, you know, cause, uh, we, we just, you know, talk to people while we're taking care of them because we're not with them 10, 15 minutes and we're to a hospital like you're in a big city. We're with them for quite a while, especially if we're transporting or waiting for a medevac helicopter. So we, we really get to share a lot of stories between each other. Um, how long are transports usually if you're doing it by ground? Our longest was we had to transport a young lady that was pregnant all the way to St. George. So you look at two and a half, three hours one way on that transport. So that was our longest. Usually the transports from the time we start the medical call to if we're transporting down towards Kanab, we're 
outside of Fredonia, we actually do a change. Uh, an ambulance will come out of Utah and we'll transfer to patients so we can get back up here. It could run anywhere from two and a half to three hours on that transport, yeah. um, going down and coming back for the entire length of the call. What are some challenges or misconceptions about EMS work that you think a lot of people might not be aware of? I think the challenges that I first had when I got here. Like, so I lived in the city. We had a trauma center, you know, within 10 minutes of transport time for our, our medics. And uh, so the challenge that, that I had is, you know, I was used to, number one, I had a trauma center real close. Mm. Number two, you know, being a battalion chief in a, a city like that, I had resources I could have, you know, by my side within a matter of minutes if it was a major incident or if there was uh, uh, multiple patients. The challenge up here is, again, isolated. Um, we're the only, we, ha we have one medic unit up here. Um, and we can call for helicopters, but they could be 20, 30, 40 minutes away. So the challenge here is uh, definitely rural medicine and being with the patient a lot longer and uh, have to take care of them in the process of that. So our protocols that Grand Canyon has, which is pretty amazing, um, you know, they have us trained to take care of those long times that we may be, you know, taking care of a patient or, uh, again, our resources um, that we have are, are limited. Again, one ambulance, and if we have multiple calls going on, which has happened, you know, we only have one ambulance to take care of uh, that patient. And then at that point, we got to determine, can we get a helicopter in here? Right. So the challenges are being just so isolated. That The closest hospital uh, by ground is in Kanab, and that's 80 miles by ground. What do you want for the future of Grand Canyon? For me personally, and I think Gloria would probably agree to this, is that we would like to see the people that come here will respect this place um not just to to all the beauty of the place but what what grand canyon means not just to you know the visitors but to the native americans that you know that this is their home and a lot of people i don't think i don't think they really realize what this means to to the native americans that are in this area and uh, there's quite a few tribes if anybody really looks at you know that are here so for people to respect it you know, to see somebody leave trash or, you know, just to, to drive where they shouldn't be driving or, you know, to, to mark up the place like a graffiti in it. That's that's heartbreaking when you really think about it, that you know, they don't respect it. They, they don't understand it. Anything else you would like to get on the record? Number one is, you know, for people definitely to, to come and enjoy, you know, what our country has to offer, Grand Canyon um, and all the parks that are so close. You know, to come and, and to embrace what our country has, but also to, you know, think about when you retire, giving back. Mm -hmm. And a great way to, well, I mean, what better play, way to give back to our country is to volunteer for the Park Service. And Lori and I, we get to live at Grand Canyon on the North Rim. I, right now, I can look out and I can see the canyon from where my RV is parked. Yeah. What a better opportunity to come and volunteer for the Park Service. Thank you for listening to this episode of Canyon Cuts, a behind-the-scenery micro-episode, brought to you by the North Rim and Canyon District interpretation teams at Grand Canyon National Park.